Welcome to this podcast series where I talk to the artists behind the music I play on my radio shows. I host two radio shows a month on UKCountryRadio.com. One is a country legends, a documentary style show, and the other is the Boudoir Bluegrass Show. Join me while I chat to and get to know the musicians and artists behind the music I play. Listen to their stories and their musical journeys and share some laughter and fun as you get to know the artists behind the music. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. I've got Mike Mitchell here with me today. He is a singer, songwriter and a fabulous fiddle player and he is the leader of the Mike Mitchell Band from Virginia. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hi, Lynn. I'm fine and dandy. And how are you today? I'm good, but I was a bit jealous when you told me that you've got beautiful weather in the Blue Ridge Mountains today and we've had snow this morning. I'm so sorry. I really... It's too late in the season for any of us to have snow. I, I really do hate that. Uh, and yes, it, it's a beautiful day on the Blue Ridge, so 70 degrees. <gasps> Daffodils are a little brighter yellow than they were yesterday and just lovely. Well, our weather is crazy, as you probably are aware anyway, for if you watch the news. Yesterday, we had a really beautiful warm day. Uh, in the sun, it was very, very hot. And this morning, as I say, it was snowing. So bizarre. We have had snow in June before now, believe it or not. That's just crazy. It is crazy. OK, so I have recently been playing your new single, Calling Me. Thank you so much. I got. I loved it very, very much. And in fact, I just wanted to, I loved it so much, I wanted to get behind the artist himself, i.e. you. So sure. tell, tell me, when did you start fiddle playing when did you start getting into the bluegrass music when did you start basically how young were you uh i got into bluegrass music and this might surprise you i got into bluegrass music um 16 years ago wow now i'm 49 year old man (laughs) (laughs) so it was it was late in life that i got into bluegrass music I, i can always time my fiddling to the birth of my son my son james who uh, turned 16 just in February. When he was born, when he was an infant, I stayed with him for his first year. And it was during that downtime that I, as a violinist, a classically trained violinist, really put a lot of time and effort and focus into fiddling and bluegrass music. Now, I had already moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, I'd already lived here for five or six years by that time. But I was a rock and roll guy. I played electric violin in a jam band. Cool. You know, and and yeah, some of that was cool. But bluegrass came, you know, so I, I lived in this in this area that's sort of the cradle of, of bluegrass music. And, and you, you were talking about having friends in the Smokies in, in Tennessee. This whole region, you know, it's where it, where it came from. And I was very much aware of that. And as, as I got older, and especially as my children began to get older, it became more and more important to me to know bluegrass, be good at bluegrass, mm-hmm. and uh, to be a part of that heritage, and then to pass it on to my children. And through that focus, I became a teacher of bluegrass, which I do, which I am full time. And there you go. That's, that's where I came into bluegrass through my geography where I chose to live and raise my family as a service to myself and as a service to my kids. Yeah, that's that's where it came from. Now, I learned to play the violin 
from the age of four through the Royal Conservatory of Music in London, Ontario, the Royal Conservatory and the Western Conservatory of Music. And I was a terrible student. Absolutely. I can't believe that, Mike. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why God chose to make me a teacher. <laughs> you have got the Floyd Music School, haven't you? Can you tell me more a bit, yes. a bit more yes, about that? Yes, ma'am. So uh, the Floyd Music School is roughly around the same age, maybe six months or a year younger than this effort as an academic. Yeah. But I took that year off of touring and uh, got out of the, the, the rock and roll world. I approached bluegrass music academically. And my wife at the time, she, you know, she was working full time Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, I had a little time off from, from baby duty, and I would go into town and, and teach some private lessons at the music store on Saturday afternoons. You know, that lasted a few months, and, you know, I kind of wanted to, to build on that. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's really interesting. Within a 30-day period, it went from a Saturday afternoon gig to a 40-hour-a-week full-time job. Thus, the Floyd Music School was born. My wife and I have been running it now for 15 years that's fabulous i was looking on the website there and it looks so good you really reach out to the youngsters don't you yeah we sure do for the you know for the last seven years we've been um offering online uh so we we were in the online music game uh, long before covid and floyd music school is now quite literally it's worldwide we teach music all over the world do you really, do you enjoy, well, you must really enjoy teaching. Do you get a particular kick out of seeing the young students just come in as a sort of completely new or maybe lacking in confidence and then through your tuition, you must love it as you see them grow in confidence and, and grow in prowess? Yes, Lynn, I, I still do. I really, I, I still do. It's not an easy job. It no. requires an immense amount of patience. Oh, gosh, yes. And uh, there are a lot of, well, it, it, it can be if you stick it just like anything that requires an immense amount of patience. <laughs> if you find that within yourself and stick it out, the rewards are, are just as immense. So I've had students go on to study. Well, I've had students go on to be bluegrass and progressive bluegrass artists, recording artists and performers. I've had students go on to study at uh, the Frost School of Music in Miami, at Berkeley School in Boston. I don't think I've had any of my students study or play music in your neck of the woods yet. Yet. There's still time. Yet. But yeah, to, to see the, to know that I had a part in that is wonderful. And the older I get, the more I enjoy the littles. I, I really love the little kids. Well, that's wonderful. Now, I'd like to move on to the band. Please. When did you form the Mike Mitchell Band? You've got Ray Wellington on banjo, Alex Donahue on bass, Joey Mosley on guitar and vocals, and his brother Jake on mandolin and vocals, and, of course, yourself. The Mike Mitchell Trio. We started a trio, or I started a trio, a bluegrass trio, with upright bass and banjo, and I would play the fiddle and the guitar. Started that five years ago and toured around our area, around Virginia and the Carolinas and the Eastern United States. Didn't make a record with that. I had already had a solo record out, a record called Dead Center. Mm -hmm. 
that I made with Sammy Sheila, the great banjo player from Lonesome River Band. And so it was, it was just getting into songwriting. I was just a brand new member at the IBMA, the International Bluegrass Music Association. And I was, you know, working a trio. And during that time, I made this record with my buddy, Mark Schatz, who is a, is a great friend of ours. And we met him through the IBMA. Yeah. And one time he came out and played bass for the trio really early on. Uh, God bless him for being patient with me early on <laughs> my performing bluegrass. So we had this album and this album came out and it came out at number two on the Billboard chart. And uh, my wife, Jenny, and I thought we probably should make some type of larger effort <laughs> to support this. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so that would have been, it came out in 2018. Mike Mitchell Band happened in the spring of 2019. So it's, it's pretty, pretty new. It's very new, actually. I didn't realize it was that new. Yeah. You know, we met the Mosley Brothers Band at a bluegrass festival, regional festival where, where I had my trio. And I just, I've always had an ear for really good talent. I try and make sure that I choose people who I can hear are better than I am. Yeah. That's my secret. If they, you know, if, if you sound better than me, I'm probably interested in working with you. Yeah. Or at absolutely. least to me. Yes. You sound like you possess, you're more skilled or maybe you have a little bit more heart or something that I'm lacking. Or I feel that I'm lacking. So I heard the Mosleys backstage and called them up. And my parents have a cabin. This is so provincial, but they have a cabin on a mountaintop, a log cabin in outside of Winchester, Virginia, which is halfway between where the Mosley brothers, how, where they are from and where I'm from. We met at my parents' log cabin, played bluegrass music and decided, here we go. And that's, you know, that's when Mike Mitchell Band started. Our first show was at, in fact, we started, we had that little jam session and then they brought their bass player and banjo player and we didn't even have, we hit, we rehearsed in a hotel parking lot one morning and went to play a bluegrass festival and went on like a three or four day tour after. <laughs> They're usually the best times, aren't they? When you just got something impromptu like that. It, absolutely. I'm not sure if the music was the greatest, but <laughs> the memories will definitely be the greatest yeah. for sure. The uh, memories like that, gigs like that are brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's Mike Mitchell band. And that's, so we got rolling last year 2020 was the year the first year we had definitely national all over the united states touring we were going to be spending a little bit of time on airplanes and i was talking to uh the my grass is blue guys and we were planning a trip to ireland and then everything got shut down so it's a little tough for me right now i'm a new guy with a new band i'm a new band leader out there on the scene and i didn't have enough time to get my schedule established before COVID shut it down. So now that things are starting to open up in the US, I wasn't established enough. So I'm, I'm having a hard time and getting bookings right And you've got to start right all now. over again and trying to establish your gigs yeah, here, there and everywhere. pretty much. But I will. I know you're a member of the IBMA, but if you become a member of the British Bluegrass Music Association, they're really good at helping people coming over here. Well, then I'll be doing that later today. I'll send you the information. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. We're so appreciative of yourself and, and a couple of other DJs in, in your market who have been playing this single. It's really got us excited to get over there for sure and to meet everybody. 
And I just wanted to let you know that I brought the band into uh, Mountain Fever Records just last weekend. And we have 12 more songs cut. We slayed it. Records are generally hard to make and there's a lot of going back and overdubbing and, and having to fix mistakes and general grumpiness. <laughs> but this one, this one just, it played itself. It was fantastic. So there's a whole lot more coming. Well, we can't wait. You make sure you send us that music as soon as you've got it. And oh, I will. And make sure I get it into play. I can, Absolutely. I can assure you about that. Okay, great. I, I'd like to move on about your songwriting. Are you one of these that gets the melody sometimes and then the lyrics, or sometimes you get both, or other times you just have some lyrics and then you'll find a melody? I'm a chorus guy. I'm, I'm, I go straight with the hook. That's the inspiration often. When I'm on my morning walk, when I'm walking with my, my German shepherds, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but yeah, when I'm walking along the Blue Ridge Mountains with my dog and enjoying the, the natural beauty of where I live, I'll be thinking my thoughts and feeling my feelings and quite often a hook will come. It's not crazy at all. Often I get my inspirations when I'm out walking, when there's nobody about, you know, and you just, as you say, with your thoughts. Are you able to tell me your inspiration behind Calling Me? I'm absolutely happy to, to talk about the inspiration for Calling Me because I think it's interesting. So my records, and, and there's also the first record I made, which is Dead Center, which is more of a fiddle album. Uh, but there was a couple of tunes on there, you know, one I wrote for my kids and, and that type of thing, a couple of ballads. So the Small Town album was a theme album. You know, kind of, you know, this guy, I, I live in a one stoplight town in a one stoplight county. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's who I am and where I'm from. So the I was writing this song called Small Town, and I never finished it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so it was never finished until well after the record was released, and I was already on the road supporting it. Then I sort of picked it back up. And by that time, I had become more and more active in the, um, I'm on the songwriters committee at the IBMA. Okay. Um, oh, great. So I'm plugged into working with, well, the best songwriters in bluegrass. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we're all friends and, and I call them up and we co-write together and we flush out ideas. And the small town concept was a little bit more personal and it was, you know, about maybe someone hoping that his older kids might choose to come home and live near the home place and, and do that kind of thing, get out of the city. And I'm really happy that I called my friend Jack Shannon and said, hey, I've got this idea. I've got this chorus idea and this theme idea. And he helped me flush it out and it became much more accessible. So it's about the, the everyman traveling guy who's made his living, you know, on the road or in the air doing whatever the heck he's been doing. And he's left with empty, lonely, yeah. and he feels the call for home. He wants to come home, uh, you know, for family and tradition and heritage. And there's even an old girlfriend that he's th that he's never been able to forget. And he's wondering about her. Yeah. And at the very end of the last chorus, and it's calling me to a small town. Very good. You finished it. So it's gone full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Only took me a couple of years after the album release. <laughs> uh, 
I'm so pleased you you explained calling me because I think it's lovely to get the story behind songs. I mean, I love songwriting and I love songwriters. And I just love the things they emote and and it can be anything. But I just love words. And sounds like uh sounds like you and I are going to have to write a song together. I think that would be a great idea. I'd be up for that. <laughs> okay. We will, we will, uh, we'll do it. I intentionally put two, possibly three on this record that I wrote solo and intentionally they're very lighthearted, funny. One of them's, I gave my heart to the girl who gave her heart to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that title. Yeah. <laughs> or that phrase. I loved and then I lost. She slipped away. <laughs> So the bulk of the of the songwriting on this on the new album is all co-writes with absolutely and I, I don't mind saying this my absolute favorite writer to work with her name is Don Kenny she's from Boston she has penned numerous number one hits in, in bluegrass she also works with Claire Lynch a lot and writes with Claire yeah and I, I also enjoy writing with uh, Rick Lang Rick is prolific and his album his gospel album was up for a Grammy last year. I write with David Morris, and of course, I write with Jack Shannon, who we co-wrote the "Calling Me" song. Yes. So most of the songs on this are serious, very well crafted, painstakingly crafted songs that have gone through an extensive vetting process and are the very best in songwriting that I can bring. Fabulous. And that's Sounds what's that's what's coming. I can't wait. I really can't wait. And I will make sure that I give it as much promotion as I possibly can. Awesome. Well, thank I you. I can't wait for that. So before we go, I'd just like to let my listeners know that you've got three albums, the latest one being Small Town. And of course, we have one on the way, which is great. Mm -hmm. Then we've got The Dead Center, which was prior to that. Mm -hmm. And 13 Hours, which was prior to that. That was in 2007. Am I correct? Yeah, thirteen hours. There's some good songs on there, but it's it was it was my first record, so it sounds like somebody's first record. It's your so. baby, your baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. The first ones can be. Oh, yeah, that was my baby. I love that. And then once you've gone on and you've written two or three more albums, you go back to the first one. You think, oh, crikey, yes, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you <laughs> you're like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, was that how I was writing? <laughs> Oh, well. But it's all good. I mean, a lot, you know, they're still your babies. And, you know, you wouldn't have got to where you are now if you hadn't done those first few. It's a, it's a, it's just a little progress, isn't it? It's just you That's learn, right. you grow, you become You've a better You've got to crawl story. first. That's yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Mike, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I really can't wait for this new album. It's been, it's been really lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for inviting me, Lynn. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to a Lynn Nash Music and Voice production for the Bands in the Boudoir podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed listening and I hope you will come back to listen to further episodes in the future. Thank you very much for tuning in.